I think the last time that we talked about milk price, like officially took on the topic here on the show, things were still down in the drain. It has been a rough few years, as most people know, for the dairy community here locally and across the country. Brutal low prices, but that has turned around to a fairly significant degree, and we're seeing headlines now about the milk price, the price that dairy farmers get for their milk, being at, at the highest it's been in, in several years, five years or, or possibly more. So who do we talk to when we talk to this? Uh, dairy columnist and radio host Lee Milky joins us here on The Farming Show this morning. By the way, Dylan Honkoop with you here on KGMI. Lee joins us, and he's been tracking this. You know, he tracks us what, is every week you get an update, right, Lee? That's right, Dylan. And these markets are encouraging to dairy farmers who have been wanting this for a long, long time. The September Federal Order Class 3 benchmark came in at $18.31 per hundredweight. That's $2.22 above a year ago, and the highest that it has been since November 2014. And we're not at the peak yet. The October Class 3 uh, futures price settled Friday afternoon at 1864 and the November price at 18.71. So we still have two more months to see a peak on this price and 2020 is looking pretty favorable as well. The peak in 2020 was topping $17 looking at the uh, 17.49 in the month of September. So um, this is good and feed prices have been staying fairly reasonable. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, well, strange situations going on with trade wars and tariff wars and, and all these things. Yeah, and yeah. some of them have had a direct effect on the dairy industry and some indirect. Okay. So the last time that we talked, you and I, things were, like I was mentioning, things were down in the dumps. And it wasn't long after that that things turned around. So before we get up to speed on where we're right, where everything's at right now, what's what's kind of been the 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 in the nutshell story for how we got to here? I mean, in terms of context, yeah. you're talking eighteen dollars ballpark for for milk right now. We were what what were we talking about last time? Like twelve? Well, 13, probably 14? we're in the fifteen to sixteen dollar range a few months ago. That's right, because and there was a little bit of a bump, and we were trying to guess is this going to hold or, or is it going to dive back down? Yeah, I think the short answer to that is the um, milk production has not been climbing. In fact, there were a few months where it was actually just a fractionally below a year ago. And a lot of that is due to, frankly, a number of dairy farms that went out of business that just couldn't pencil it out anymore. And the bankers said, you know, it's, it's time to call it quits and shut off the lights. And so there's been uh, that uh, factor. And the other factor is uh, good demand, good domestic demand. Uh, America is eating more and more cheese, and that's good. And more and more cheese is going into, I mean, more and more milk is going into cheese. 
and less is going into the bottle. We're not drinking milk out of the bottle like we used to. Uh, we're, we're switching to almond milk and and banana milk is the latest and and a lot of can, these can other... you really call that milk though well and, <laughs> and the dairy industry is is uh, battling over that because yeah. it's not and the fda has uh, standards that they've set for those terms and they've kind of been lax in enforcing those uh, those laws and so but the millennials and the younger generation seem to think that a plant-based beverage or meat is so much better for them, and I'm not sure that they understand why they think that. I think, um, I think soon they'll find out this is all about fads and trends, and a lot of that stuff is malarkey. That's my view on it. I'm no, <laughs> I'm no nutritionist. Yes. Um, but as far as this milk price and, and consumption, you just mentioned that people are, are consuming more dairy products. They're consuming more cheese. Wasn't it a year ago or even less that we were talking about this massive glut on the cheese market and people didn't know what we were going to do? And, and what, what happened to that? We had a lot of cheese in the storage, and that's true. And we still do have a fair amount of cheese in the storage, but we're eating it up. And, of course, thank God for pizza and football. And, of course, we're yep. coming into the... Uh, holiday time that we see the the biggest cheese consumption is around christmas but even topping that dylan is super bowl yeah that is the biggest cheese selling time of the season but i want to get into some of the aspects of 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 trade here because there's a lot of uh, question over how this has affected the dairy industry and and one uh, product in particular is whey china has the has more pigs in it than the United States has people. And China has and is dealing with a severe outbreak of African swine fever. And they have depopulated a good portion of their herd. And of course, whey is a feed ingredient that is fed to pigs, high in protein. And so US exports of whey to China have really been cut because of the depopulation that's going on. And this is a serious disease that is not just in China. Southeast Asia is seeing it spread to Indonesia and Vietnam. And the consequences of this are are ongoing. And we don't know where the end (laughs) is going to be in this. China is is fighting desperately to uh, rebuild its pig population because pork is a huge part of their protein. What about the the trade wars, though, and and how obviously this is out this is above and beyond anything that's going on with, you know, what uh, President Trump is doing, what the Chinese are doing, what other countries are doing with trade policy and and battling with tariffs and all that. How how has that affected the market? Well, we've de- you know the tariff wars and and the trade battles uh, have definitely hurt U.S. dairy exports. There's no doubt about it, but not as much as some think. And we're still exporting a fair amount of cheese. And the president has uh, come to an, a trade agreement with Japan, and we could see some increased exports uh, of cheese, particularly to Japan. We're still exporting a fair amount of non-fat dry milk and cheese to Mexico. China is not a big importer of U.S. dairy products other than whey. China imports more of its dairy products from Australia, New Zealand, and the European Union. 
Lee Milkey is with us here on The Farming Show. Of course, a nationally syndicated dairy columnist, radio host as well, uh, and based in Linden. Even even better and, and very connected to the local dairy community as well as nationally. So what's, what's the word on the street from dairy farmers across the country? There's got to be a lot more positivity, it sounds like, but at the same time, maybe production is starting to come back up as well? Well, that is a big question, and I talked with a couple of people who were at World Dairy Expo a couple of weeks ago in Madison, Wisconsin, and they said the mood was definitely upbeat. I talked to a local farm equipment dealer who said that he had a conversation with a dairy farmer, and the dairy farmer uh, admitted that, yeah, I've got some cash in my pocket, and he was willing to buy some, some equipment. However, the behind that door is the fact that this farmer had been putting off buying new equipment for several years because he he just yeah. couldn't afford it. Yeah. And you can only fix and fix and fix so many years, and eventually it has to be replaced. So um, while this is great news for dairy farmers, and deservedly so, you got to remember they've had some pretty tough years the past four or five years, and so they're making up for lost time. But, yeah, dairy farmers are in a better mood. They should be, and I think it's going to stick around for a while. Oh, that, that was going to be this. that was going to be my next question. <laughs> really, how long is this going to last, and is it going to last long enough for what you're describing? Your people need to catch up. Will that take some time? Will it last well, long enough to catch up? Yes, and 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 I, as I said before, the uh, looking at 2020, the peak for uh, 2020 was in September at 1749. That's still pretty good price on the class three price. Now, will dairy farmers? Uh, be incentivized to increase production, and it doesn't take very much. I mean, you can have a 2% surplus of milk, and it will bring down the price on the other 98%. Uh, most of the economists that I uh, talk to and deal with don't see that happening. They don't see that there is a lot of incentive for dairy farmers to put on a lot of cows and increase milk production because they they have gone through the last four or five years and it's been pretty darn tough. And so nobody's in a big hurry to add on cows and increase milk output. This is The Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop. We're talking with Lee Milkey, syndicated dairy columnist. A show, by the way, sponsored by and supported by Pepe Kenworth Northwest with their brand new location on Iowa Street in Bellingham. So if you stop by and talk with those folks, make sure to thank them for supporting The Farming Show here on KGMI. So um, another question for you, Lee, and and to wade more into the the politics here, some comments recently about the world of dairy in the United States from the um, the Secretary of Ag, Sonny Perdue, <laughs> and and there have been a lot of people who have been using his comments, I believe, from what I've seen, out of context to really beat him up for this, saying that he is against small dairies and and this kind of stuff, and he just wants everything to go big or go out of business. What's really going on with this this whole controversy well i i like sonny purdue and his candor and um he basically was talking reality and and this is a reality that dairy farmers have been confronted with for many years now that you know this is not the dairy farm of your grandpa of your father or your grandpa um 
things have changed a lot. In the old in days, you know, if think times were tough, you added on more cows, and a lot of deer farmers had that mentality. But that doesn't work so well anymore. And it reminds me of the old story I've often told of the guys that were in the hay hauling business, and they were buying hay in eastern Washington for $100 a ton and selling it in, in western Washington for 90 And after a few wow. months, their banker called them in and said, you know, you guys are losing money fast and furious. You better make some big changes. And they agreed, and so they went out and bought a second truck. <laughs> That, that, and so, that, that is a brutal analogy, but it's not far from the truth. That's exactly it. And so a lot of dairy farmers that find that culling cows who are non-producers will do a whole lot more to help their bottom line than adding more cows and doing it the other way around. Right. So, um, talking about Sonny Purdue, um, you also mentioned in your column this week about some other conversations related to Sonny Purdue, and he had been, what was he, he was commenting on this meatless stuff, the these meatless hamburgers? The, the plant-based hamburger, yeah. yes, that he had had, yes. <laughs> he, he made the comment, apparently, that uh, he was not going to eat at that establishment again. I did try one of the uh, plant-based burgers in in Linden uh, recently, and it was good, but it was expensive. It was $7 for just a burger and no fries, no drink. And, you know, it tasted okay, but then with all the ketchup and the mustard and everything else that's on it, um, how much of the flavor of the meat was disguised because of all the condiments (laughs) that were put in it? So give me a regular hamburger any day. I I think that that's uh, a better way to go. And you know, leave the plants in the salad bowl, and give me a hamburger <laughs> well, on the grill. You, you talked with Corey Geiger though; he's the managing editor editor at Hordes Dairyman about yes. this issue specifically. And there's more to the story too about what we're finding out about what yes. is actually healthy to eat and what's not. Yes. He cited a uh, recent uh, study, well, it was a group of several physicians, and I forget the, uh, the name right off the top of my head, of this group that have come out with a, uh, 14 researchers from seven different countries, the Annals of Internal Medicine. You can go online and you can read it there. And they concluded that there was no need to reduce red or processed meat consumption to maintain good human health. They stated that there's no significant association between red meat consumption and a heightened risk of heart disease or diabetes. And they are less convinced that there's even a tie with red meat and cancer. So this, of course, flies in the face of the American Heart Association and the American Cancer Society, but Geiger and and I talked about the fact that it reminded me of the old days many years ago when all the fingers were pointed at butter and how bad it was for Mm -hmm. you and how butter has been exonerated and perhaps meat 
will be as well. With that issue with butter, that, that it has in some ways almost come full circle, and a lot of people are seeing that it's actually a healthier, superior product for people to be yes. eating. Yes. Could that be behind some of the turnaround with dairy products, that people are starting to wake up to the fact that this is actually good for them, um, unlike they've been told for many years uh, to, to ditch this stuff for you know basically fake, hyper-processed alternatives? Right. Well, and, and these researchers, these people in, in this annals of, of medical journal uh, were not related, that did not have any association with animal li- uh, agriculture at all. Well, and that. so, and, and there have been studies that have been sponsored, of course, by the, the dairy association, the, you know, dairy industry. But these are are good studies that are indicating that, you know, the fat in dairy is is probably not as harmful as some of the other animal fats. And so, you know, everything in moderation. Right. And if you don't get exercise, um, you can <laughs> eat all the plant-based products you want, and yeah. it's probably not going to benefit you much. And so, um, you know, whole milk, you know, the flavor is so much better. And, you know, there are sports um, heroes that are talking about drinking chocolate milk these days, and 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 this has been proven that chocolate milk is as good as, if not better, than some of the sports drinks that are available. Yeah, as far and, as a recovery beverage, I hear them. Yeah, referring, well, I, much more expensive. <laughs> but uh, truth be told, I was raised on two percent, and I've recently switched to whole milk. I like it better, <laughs> and and now I think there's more and more evidence out there that fat is not the, not the evil thing that we need to be watching out for. There are actually other things that are screwing up our Western diet, and fat isn't yep. actually necessarily the bad guy. We are out of time, but always good to chat with you, Lee Milky, uh, syndicated uh, dairy columnist, radio host as well. And Lee, you're you're back talking about dairy on a weekly basis on the radio as well. Now I hear there is a new program called Dairy Radio Now, and if you go to the website, you can get more information. And Bill Baker, my old uh, associate and assistant, has started up this program. He has 50 radio station affiliates throughout the country, and uh, he calls it the Milky Monday. So I'm <laughs> back on the radio, and, and uh, not, I'm not out at pasture just yet. <laughs> Very good to hear, and thank you so much for chatting with us here on The Farming Show on KGMI. You bet, Dylan.